Everybody, welcome to the Force, of course, the Bite Size Star Wars podcast. I'm your host Ted, and it's early, guys. It's so early. So, I got a pretty nice promotion at work. Not to brag, but um, it changed my schedule a bit. Now, instead of recording late in the afternoon, I'm recording early in the morning. But I think we're going to be okay. I had my coffee and some Count Chocula. I think we're going to be fine. Today, we're going to do a little visions recap. I said before that I would recap one short per week, but I think I'm going to do three at a time instead. That way I'm not droning on about visions for nine weeks. I think people would get tired of that. I probably would. Uh, We'll have some other fun today as well, but first let's jump over to the Force of Course News of the Week. Something to watch for on Disney Plus is a special celebrating the origins and legacy of our favorite bounty hunter, or at least my favorite bounty hunter, Boba Fett. Set to release on November 12th, this is going to serve as some kind of placeholder of Star Wars content until December when we actually get the Book of Boba Fett. It's also rumored that the trailer for the Book of Boba Fett will drop on uh, November 12th as well, but I'd be a little surprised if we didn't see that, I don't know, closer to late October. I'm expecting to see that a little earlier. Once the trailer drops, I promise I'll do a shot-by-shot recap, and that'll probably be an episode all by itself, because I'm just that excited about it. In other Book of Boba Fett news, the titles of all eight episodes have leaked. Possibly. I'm getting this info from the same source that leaked the titles to the Bad Batch episodes, and they turned out to be reliable, so fingers crossed. Those titles are as follows. The Champion, The Assassin, The Syndicate, The Battleground, The Homeworld, The Warlord, The Showdown, and The Hunter. Now, I have a ton of thoughts about these titles, but I'll share that later in the episode. Um, I was also told that the Book of Boba Fett is being treated as a Mandalorian tie-in, where the episode numbers are going to continue from 17 to 24 instead of 1 to 8, serving as a sort of a third season for The Mandalorian. Listen, I don't give a shit about any of that, one way or the other. Just give me the Book of Boba Fett. In toy news, Hasbro announced it's releasing the first of its Republic Commando figures, set to be a GameStop exclusive for spring of 2022. RC-1138, or BOSS, will be a part of the 6-inch Black Series lineup based on figures from the Star Wars Republic Commando game. I've seen this figure, and I'm not super impressed. The mold for it just, I don't know, it looks a little weird. Um, I was hoping for something grittier, maybe... uh, Something along the lines of the Bad Batch figures. Those were done uh, pretty well. This one, I don't know. Maybe up close it'll look better, but I'm not impressed. Probably not something I'm going to seek out. In other Star Wars news, Star Wars Ronin, the tie-in novel to the first Visions animated short, released the first five chapters of the book for free. You can check that out online. You'll find it. Um, The book itself releases on October 12th, so if you enjoyed that particular short in Visions, you may want to consider checking this out. I know I probably will. 
And that's all I have for this week's Force of Course News of the Week. Okay, before we go to break, I want to take another look at these Book of Boba Fett episode titles and speculate wildly, because that's fun, around possible meanings behind each one. Shall we? So keeping in mind what we heard about the series from Robert Rodriguez, we know that Boba Fett is seeking revenge in this series. I'm betting that each episode will focus in on a different target, so... Based on the titles, can we try to suss out who exactly each episode might be focused on? Let's give it a shot. Episode 1, The Champion. My first thought here was Dengar, and let me explain. Dengar was a swoop bike racer, and the only other bounty hunter I could think of that had ties to anything where a title like Champion might come into play. I'm betting there's a better option, and actually, I'd like to see Dengar in Boba's corner rather than as a foe. Maybe that way we get to know him a little better. I'm not really sure. Dengar did jump to mind, but I'm betting I'm wrong here. Who knows? Maybe it's a pod racer or something like that, like Sebulba that screwed Boba Fett over. I don't know. I don't have a great guess for this one. Now, episode two, The Assassin. This one screams IG-88 to me. He's an assassin droid. And I'd love to see Boba go head-to-head with him, especially after what we got with IG-11 in The Mandalorian. It wouldn't be a stretch for Taika Waititi to voice uh, IG-88. I think that might be cool. Wouldn't hate it. Um, It could follow the events of the story that's told in the Tales of the Bounty Hunters book from the 90s, where they face off on Cloud City. Now, that would be cool. Um, Or it could be something totally different. I don't care. Either way, IG-88 is my bet for this episode. Episode three, the syndicate have to assume here. We're talking about crime syndicates and obviously the huts are the syndicate. Boba probably had the closest ties to, but it could really be any of them. And this might be the chance for me to see the pikes in live action. Like I wanted, um, I know we saw in live action in solo, but I don't know. We didn't see much. And what we saw wasn't great. Um, In the Bad Batch, they were just portrayed as such dangerous characters. I would really like to see that come through here in live action. Again, could be totally off. Episode four, The Battleground. Bear with me on this one. I'm going a little crazy. But I'd like this episode to be Boba Fett on an alien world where Imperial Remnant forces are fighting New Republic forces in a gritty battle. But Boba Fett's focus is on finding the duo of Forlom and Zuckus. Again, speculating wildly. And I'm... I'm going to hold on to these notes just to see if I'm even close on any of this shit. Um, that could be fun. I don't know. We'll see. Episode 5, The Homeworld. Now, this could be referring to Mandalore, but Boba Fett's homeworld is actually Kamino, right? He is, in fact, a clone. What could be cool here is a Bad Batch tie-in where Boba goes back to Kamino just to find out that it's been destroyed. We saw that happen in the Bad Batch, and we know Admiral Rampart is responsible for ordering its destruction, so he would be the likely target in this scenario. Now, I talked to my son, Andrew, about this, and he asked if Boba Fett would even have worked for or even taken bounties from the Empire knowing they were behind the destruction of Kamino. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. This would also be the perfect time and place to introduce Omega if that's going to happen in live action. But it could also be talking about someone else's homeworld completely. And, you know, I don't know. Episode six, The Warlord. 
I got nothing on this one. <laughs> I really do. Like I said, I pulled my son Andrew into the wild speculation session and uh, he thought maybe this could refer to Hondo. Now, I'd love to see Hondo show up in this series, but he's too slick to end up on Boba Fett's shit list. At least that's what I think. If anything, I'd like to see Hondo as an informant of sorts for Boba so we can see him in multiple episodes. This could very easily be a new character and, and storyline opening up to us. Again, wait and see. Episode 7, The Showdown. All right. My son and I agree. This needs to be Cad Bane, period. End of story. When The Clone Wars was canceled after season 6, there were storylines still in the works. Hell, they even had animatics of what they had planned. Um, and some of those animatics were released. One of those stories, there was a showdown between Boba Fett and Cad Bane. And the way it ended, I'm not going to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. It's out there. You can find it. Um, but the way it ended was epic. It was a showdown situation that I would love to see play out in live action right here in this series. Listen, I need this to happen. I don't ask for much. So please, can I have this one? Please, a live action Cad Bane up against Boba Fett. This episode needs to be like nine fucking hours long. Okay. I don't ask for much. Give me this one. Okay. Episode eight, The Hunter. This to me is really no different than the assassin. It screams Bosk. Trandoshans are historically hunters, and Bosk is a known associate of Boba's. And look at him. His creepy ass looks like he'd betray you or any ally just for fun. I'd love to see this happen. We've gotten a couple of live-action Trandoshans in The Mandalorian, but Bosk could be brought to life in a way that makes him absolutely terrifying. At least I hope so. That's all I've got. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm saving these notes to see how close I am to the mark. That might be a fun follow-up episode later. Who knows? But there's really nothing more fun than just speculating, just, you know, guessing at what could happen. Just, I don't know, letting your mind wander. Use your imagination. Have fun with it. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, I'll recap the first three episodes of Star Wars Visions. Stick around. Take away laser pistol, Lobot. You'll pay for this Lando Calrissian. Han Solo and other action figures each sold separately. Outnut, check the carbon freezing chamber. Ready, sir. Why did you do it? The Empire tricked me, Han. I had no choice. Prepare for freezing. Long live the Alliance. Goodbye, my friend. Lando Calrissian and Han Solo, Ugnot, and Lobot action figures each sold separately from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection from Kenner. All right, welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed the break. I didn't. Yeah, uh, about the time I said, let's go to break, my son came downstairs just to tell me that one of the dogs pooped in the house. So that's what I was dealing with. My, uh, We talked about this before, but my wife volunteers with an animal rescue and we have four dogs and that number can change at any minute. Damn it. Um, but our oldest dog, Panda... Um, she's having hip problems and mobility is an issue and she just can't get to the back door fast enough sometimes, poor thing. So yeah, that's what I dealt with on break. Anyway, it's time to break down the first three episodes of Star Wars Visions. Now, before we dig in, I want to put out a little disclaimer of sorts. I'm not a huge fan of anime. I watched the Avatar and Legend of Korra series and I love them. And before that, 
uh, my anime experience was I remember going to a house party in Columbus and walking into this one room where a bunch of dudes were sitting on a couch watching Akira. It was pretty cool for sure. Like I hadn't seen anything like that before in my life, but I'm not going to lie. I had no idea what I was, what I was watching. I didn't know what was going on and I couldn't figure out why these dudes were so into it. Later on, I learned that those same dudes were experimenting with some recreational pharmaceuticals and that explained quite a bit. So yeah, I'm not an expert in the realm of anime. That's the point I want to drive home here. Okay. Okay. Episode one, the duel. This one seems to be a lot of people's favorite. And although I did really enjoy it, I'm not sure if this one is my favorite or not yet. Um, I think I need to give it a couple more viewings, but we're introduced to Ronan, the wandering samurai character and his trusty droid with a hat like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. As they pan through the opening shot of this village that the story takes place in, there's an Easter egg. It's the original theatrical poster for 1977's A New Hope, so look for that. It's in a couple different shots. I'm not going to go over every story beat, um, like every scene, but I am loving the use of original trilogy alien species here. We see a Celestin, a Trandoshan, a Death Star droid with a Gatlin gun. That I desperately want a figure of. Hasbro, if you're listening, make that figure. Or at least make a Death Star droid and I'll find my own damn Gatling gun. Whatever. Um, we get a Gran, a Tuscan, a Power Droid, and a Doug, like Sebulba, flying around in an Imperial Pro droid. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, overall, it's fucking fantastic. Anyway, these raiders show up in um, an ADAT body on tank treads. And now Ronan has to deal with the raiders. Said raiders are led by a Sith, played by Lucy Liu, and she wields this red lightsaber that has a cool attachment that looks like um, an umbrella of sorts, and it helps her kind of fly a little bit, and she can deflect bullets or laser blasts with it. It's pretty cool. Trust me, it's way cooler than I'm making it sound, okay? Now, Ronan approaches her, and he freezes her first attack with his hands. And she says something to the effect of, oh, whoa, you're a Jedi. And then he draws his lightsaber and we see that it's red also. So he's not a Jedi. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't know why I said ooh, ooh, ooh. The action in this is pretty badass. And I want more of Ronan's story. So I'll be picking up the book for sure. Um, I also wouldn't hate more of this if they make visions a yearly thing. This episode did an incredible job incorporating aspects of the Star Wars universe we know and love into an anime story, and that's what Visions was said to be. Star Wars stories told in anime style. I can see this actually fitting into canon quite easily. Um, the animation style is like a black and white. It's kind of grainy, um, a little choppy, but um, it didn't detract at all from the story. Basically, this one is definitely one to watch. Okay. Episode two, Tatooine Rhapsody. Well, this one's weird. What can I say? Uh, we follow a rock band sort of on the run, which doesn't make sense because they're playing gigs. How can you be on the run and playing gigs? I don't know. Anyway, one of the band members is a hut who is wanted by Jabba. One of the band members is um, a Jedi Padawan. Maybe they don't really tell that story very well. Um, and then there are others, but I won't go into that. The saving grace of this episode is that it's set mostly on Tatooine, and we see a ton of familiar faces. Not the least of which is Boba Fett. We get to see Boba Fett in action here. It's pretty cool. We get to see the Slave One. I know I said the bad thing, but 
That's just what I know it is. I can't help it. So Boba Fett tracks down this band. I guess he saw their poster because how can you be on the run if you're in a band playing gigs? God damn it. Anyway, Boba Fett is voiced by Tim Morrison himself. It's pretty cool. The animation style ah, didn't work for me um, because it portrayed everyone as kind of child-sized. It was weird. The story on this one left me flat, quite frankly. It was cool seeing Jabba and Bib Fortuna, Boba Fett, and some other aliens that are familiar to us. I just couldn't get into it. I can see this story carrying on, like getting a continuation if Visions again becomes an ongoing thing, but I'm not too interested in seeing more of it. I, I don't know. Watch this one and make up your mind for yourself. Like I said, I wasn't all that into it, um, but some people are loving it. I don't know. Episode three, The Twins. Okay. This one starts out kind of cool, but then it kind of goes off the rails. It starts out um, with what I can only describe as a double Star Destroyer. It's like two two Star Destroyers with a huge engine or something in the middle. It turns out that engine is actually a laser, a hyper laser. Don't get a lot of details. Anyway, we go to the interior and there's a dark Vader-esque figure surrounded by stormtroopers. They kind of look First Order-ish. And the dark figure has a twin, as it turns out, also in a Vader-esque suit. And they're each on separate Star Destroyers. So these twins have dark armor, what is described as dark armor, that will power the super weapon on the Gemini-class Star Destroyer. And the female twin gives the order to power up the hypercannon, but the male twin sabotaged the power core. He's taking the kyber crystal out. He's going to save whatever planet that's about to be destroyed by this weapon. There's going to be conflict. The twins face off, and this is where everything kind of goes to hell. These two are fighting in space without any kind of suits or breathing apparatus. Their lightsabers are doing things that defy explanation. Like one is kind of turning into whips and the other one, like the length of it uh, changes on a whim. I don't know, guys. I don't know. It's just too much for me to buy into. Alison Brie voices the female twin and she really gets into the role like she is selling it. Um, Neil Patrick Harris voices her brother, uh, and he, he does a fine job as well, but there's really not much more here for me to talk about. It seems like this one is the episode that most of us have issues with. It culminates in Neil Patrick Harris's character on the nose of his X-Wing, again, with no spacesuit, just no helmet, nothing, holding out his lightsaber that the length seems to change based on the scene, and performing a Holdo remover from The Last Jedi where they go into hyperspace and just cut the uh, ship in half. I, I don't know. If we don't see a continuation of this story, I'll be fine. I'll be okay. This one I didn't I didn't get. And it kind of sucks that I'm ending on a sour note here. But yeah, this one didn't, it didn't hit me. Now, maybe if you're a huge anime fan, this one spoke to you and reach out to me and let me know, like, what am I missing? I'd, I'd love to have that conversation. So that's the first three episodes of Visions. Overall, the series is a hit for me. And if you're into anime, you may appreciate it more than I did. Something I'd like to touch on is the way Visions is being received by some Star Wars fans, though. I've seen a lot of people absolutely trashing Visions for various reasons, and it's ridiculous. Listen, Visions has always been advertised as a series of shorts by a number of successful anime studios, wherein they would tell their own unique Star Wars stories in their own unique way. 
love it or hate it, Visions delivered on that promise. They did exactly what they set out to do. And kudos to these studios. I'm glad people are able to see the product of their hard work. At no point did anyone say these stories were canon. They're just fun. It's something to watch. I'm seeing comments where people are mad at the anime style. Like, how did you not expect that? And of course, there are those gathering the pitchforks, yelling, Kathleen Kennedy ruined Star Wars. Again. <laughs> Come on. The bottom line is, Visions isn't for everyone. I don't think I was the target audience, but I still had a lot of fun watching it, and there's a bunch of cool stuff to take away from it. To the haters, all I can say is find your happy place, man. That's the best advice I can give anyone. Find whatever it is that gives you that warm blanket feeling and put your focus there. Okay, before I wrap up, one note. I have a listener uh, named Brandon, and he is about to embark on his own journey. That's right. Brandon is getting married. So congratulations to you, Brandon and Casey. Um, Casey, I don't know that she's a listener. If she's anything like my wife, hell no, she's not a listener. So, and that's okay. I'm not for everybody. I'm a, uh, I'm an acquired taste to be sure. Anyway, congratulations to you both. I wish you all the very, very best. Anyway, that's all the show I have for you today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And if so, maybe tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is the best way to grow the audience. You can also do the rate and review thing. That helps a bunch too. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been The Force, of course, the bite-sized Star Wars podcast. My name is Ted, and as always, play with your toys.